ground and feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game, you're feeling the growth. It's time on the map, we put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to episode 32 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, two stripes. Phil Coors, A2, blue belt, one stripe. Jeff had the first competition I've ever seen live in person. Um, so that was Not super interesting. Not the first competition you've ever seen live in person, right? No, first one that the Iceman's ever competed at that I was, uh, I was also at. So that was that was exciting for me. For those of you listeners who don't know, uh, Phil is giving me a nickname. That nickname is the Iceman. I embrace it. Yeah, because Jeff does the Wim Hof method whenever he gets nervous when he's rolling in the gym. <laughs> he likes to calm down with the breathing technique, the Wim Hof method. <laughs> Look it up. It's, so, it's exciting. Um, but yeah, no, it was cool to see. Um, I want to get your takeaways first first but like the i have some things i'm critical of um mm-hmm. of what happened but i will say what was good and what you've always said is you had a game plan and you did stick to it um mm-hmm. and it worked and you won i expect you to win um you would no longer be on this podcast if you had lost uh, <laughs> you know so no pressure there but uh <laughs> but anyway what, what did you think uh what were your takeaways so yeah, you know, it was it was fun. Uh, first off, um, Melanie, uh, the the person who I went to for the hypnosis, used air quotes on hypnosis. Yep. It was really a, it was really a uh, guided guided deep meditation is what she did, uh, and it really helped. I mean, I my nerves were better than they've ever been. Before mm-hmm. any competition, whether it was wrestling, whether it was whether it's jujitsu, any competition, um, I felt really good. I, you know, you you did joke about doing the Wim Hof breathing exercises, but whenever I started getting nervous, I did those, and it cal- it calmed me down. It was uh, my mindset was good, um, which was really good. Uh, that that was the positives that I took away. Again, I I wasn't concerned about the result, or so I thought. But and I did execute the game plan that that I I planned. I planned on taking people down, which I did on their shots, and um, moving to side control, better positions, and and then getting the finish. But I did the bad for me was I felt tied to the result, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's not what. That's not what it's about. It's not what we preach. It's about. And I'm just being honest. I mean, I'm, I, I wanted the wins, and I was, I was going out there to win. Again, I don't think that's a bad thing. Right? No, I think, I think, in a competition setting, that's exactly what you're, you should be doing. Yeah. Um, we started to talk about this the other night, but I didn't want to talk about it until we got here. But you said you were tied to the result in the competition. I think you should be. Okay. And then when you go back to training, I think you should go back and train the way that we normally try to. Right. If you're tied to the result, 
when you're training all the time, which is going to happen. I just talked about it the other day, how it's been happening to me and I don't even, I don't want it to happen, you know? Sure. Um, but that's different. And then when you get in the competition, you should be competing. You should be, it's in the name, you know, yeah. you should be trying to win. That yeah. is, uh, you know, I think some things should have went differently, but trying to win definitely wasn't one of okay. those. So I, I had a, like, I totally disagree with that. I see what you're saying. You know, and I get that it doesn't matter, but like, I feel like I'm being hypocritical. Yeah, why are you even doing it? You know. Yeah. Like, that, well, that's so. why I'm not going to be doing it again until Purple Belt. Yeah. So it's like, if you're going to go out there to compete, you better do, you know, your best to win. Yeah. yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so I thought that was, I disagreed when you said that the other night. I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't carry over. You don't train that way. So no, I don't right. think that's really an issue. Um, I did see you do the breathing uh, exercise once. Um, you seemed fine all day. There's I was. a little bit of, uh, you know, I to me it looks a little anxious-like, but, you know, I don't think there's one person who isn't. Um, so Oh, no, I'm not going to say there was no anxiety I'm not going to say that. That's mm-hmm. that's not the point. I mean, there's always going to be anxiety right before, and what, but it wasn't debilitating. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was. Um, it wasn't so bad that it it inhibited my breathing, which in some cases, cases previously yeah. it had been. Okay. Yeah, because I thought you looked fine all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt I was, fine. We were talking and joking around the whole time, so there was no, none of that really going on. Sure. And then once the match started, I mean, you're you're totally hypnotized by the handsome ref. Oh God, Chris Luter's so handsome, man. So world champion brown belt masters, mm-hmm. handsome fella. If you see folks, if you see the videos up on our uh, BJJ campaign uh, Facebook page, that is Chris Luter, um, and uh, he did a phenomenal job refereeing our match. Really did nothing but walk around and. He actually just went wherever Molly was trying to record. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she did get mad at him, but then forgave him because he was so handsome. That's you know to be expected. So, um, yeah, no, but I, I saw the breathing uh, exercise once, mm-hmm. and and that was pretty much it. And then um, I thought you looked composed the entire time uh, when you were out there. So there was no like. Because even some of mine, you know, when I get to the stand-up thing, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm always looking like a wild animal in the mm-hmm. competition. So once you get on the ground, I'm fine. But like in the stand-up, I'm not. And um, you were you were fine the entire time. I was really composed because I really wanted to get that wrist lock, that standing self-defense wrist lock. That's yeah. what I was looking for the entire time. Like I wanted somebody to really come in at my collar because I really wanted to try that, that wrist lock. But I didn't get it. Okay. So you would say the biggest takeaways were the breathing techniques work? Yeah. Do you think that's something you'd go back again for? Or do you think that's something that you could, like, do you think that's a thing you could work on to improve for something else? Or would that just be, like, strictly a competition, maybe go back before the next one? Or maybe just try to do what you... No, actually, I'm glad you asked that. Because the... the hypnosis or guided meditation there was there was one little thing that she really kind of um put into my head i'll just say that and that is 
it, it was funny because, uh, you know, you're, you're laying down, you're very relaxed, you're breathing, and um, she's guiding this meditation. And she says, she says, okay, now I want you to picture a dial or a switch in your head, either one. And that dial or that switch is that fight or flight response, is that anxiety. And so now you have the control Whenever you start the match, you can turn that dial up. You can turn that dial up to what the appropriate level is. Which for me, I turned it up to five in my head whenever I went into the match. For before the match, it was I was bringing it all the way down to one mm-hmm. on that. And it sounds silly, maybe a little bit, but it really helps. That visualization uh, really helps, and it you can do that with anything in your life. Right. If if it's anxiety for work or for, you know, social interactions or whatever it is that you're trying to improve about yourself. Yeah. You can take that dial in your head and you can turn it to whatever you want. It doesn't necessarily sound silly to me because that's exactly what I was trying to do when I competed. I think I said it before one of the last competitions was my biggest goal is to go out there and, and be calm. And, yeah. and try to roll in a competition setting as close as I can to the training setting. So, mm-hmm. you know, in my head, before it starts and, like, when we hit the ground, basically, it's not there when I'm standing up. But when we hit the ground, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, slow down, calm down, you know, you have time. Whatever is running through my head is trying to back that dial down, essentially. Mm-hmm. Because the first couple of competitions, matches I had was always at, you know, 100. And that's dumb you know yeah no you can but your body can't take that right i mean it you can only be amped up for so long on that that's why you know i did a couple things different i rolled uh, i warmed up with rolling i got a good sweat going beforehand so Mm -hmm. it was like you know you were going that second win that really helped i mean i was never i don't i don't know that i was ever really breathing hard during any of the matches and the one match went what 15 minutes yeah Something like that, yeah. You know, uh, but and again, all all part of the strategy as well is that I'm not going to rush anything because I know the deeper the waters go, I know where, I know where my cardio is at, and, right? And and I know that that's that's one of one of my strong suits is is that I do have really good cardio, and that yeah. was that was what I was depending on as well. Yeah. Cool. So, um, getting into what actually happened, and mm-hmm. if I'm going to be uh, a little critical of, obviously you won, so you can't be too critical. You, you had a game plan, you did it, and it worked. Mm-hmm. But um, I just thought there was you, you spent too long like sticking to the game plan, staying on the feet. Uh, that was like the first thing I told you when you got down. I think one of the things that I um, would say I respect the most about you as like a training partner is how seriously you take all those little details that they go over to try to make the techniques work. Um, and I think for a guy your size that you can play, you know, bottom really well, you know, and I'm very confident in your jujitsu if you were to have pulled guard and looked for a sweep right away. I think, um, I get why that's not maybe the a game plan, but I also think, like, as a strategy standpoint, for, for you and somebody else who's both your size, I think typically 
the average person your size is going to be bigger than most people in their gym and going to spend the majority of their time on top. So if you can pull guard and sweep them, I think a lot of times they're dealing with guard players. The guard players are typically a little smaller. They're a little easier to overpower. I think they couldn't overpower you the same way that they're used to. I think your sweeps would feel stronger. I think you would have pulled guard, swept immediately, and got on top, which is, you know, I think a solid game plan for you. Um, So thoughts on that? But it was my game plan to start with, right? Mm -hmm. And then I talked to somebody that's way better at jiu-jitsu than me. Right. Ryan Legs, Mm -hmm. right? Leggett. And I was, and he did it so fun. It was so funny how he did it too. I was like, "Hey, uh, legs, I want to." It was our, our Friday, you know, open mat after fundamentals. I was like, "Hey, I want to practice uh, pulling guard because uh, that's my game plan." He was like, oh, "All right, okay." And then I would grab his collar, I'd grab his sleeve. He'd let me, and I put my foot up in his hip. And then I'd start to go down, and immediately, as soon as I started to go down, he took his hand and just whacked my <laughs> foot off his hip and got inside. I pulled side control basically five times in a row. Mm. He goes, you still, still think it's a good idea to pull guard? I was like, no, I'm beginning to think that's not the right game plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, he's like, Jeff, you got good takedowns. Just take them down, get on top, finish them that way. I'm like... All right, that makes sense. Makes more sense. I see why that changed your mind, but let me offer this point. Okay. When you went to start with Ryan and take him down and finish the match on top, how did that go? I pulled him in side control from uh, the, uh, what's it called? The, where, where you... Uh, the collar drag? Collar drag, yeah, yeah. Both hands on the collar, and I immediately pulled him in side control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the game plan that you went with of getting on top and finishing with a Kimura also didn't work against the black belt. That's a good point, Phil. Yeah. Great point. All my game plans with Ryan never worked. No. Neither did my uh, techniques. Except escapes. if my game plan included uh, being miserable on the bottom with my face covered with his gi and yeah. submitted whenever at his whim. Yeah. The Predator. Come on, do it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I get that, you know, I get why that seems to be the best game plan is for you with your wrestling background to work a takedown or whatever else. I also think that's going to be the game plan you run into. I think just from a strategy game, you know, standpoint, I think you would, you're not good at pulling guard. How often do you do it? You know, it's the same thing with everything else, you know? So I think if you spend a little bit of time figuring out how to pull guard and knock an ankle locked in 30 seconds like some of us do... You know, you'd be able to pull guard and, and because you don't even need to, like when I pull guard, I need to pull close guard. You, yeah. You're pretty comfortable just having somebody in an open guard scenario mm-hmm. and starting on bottom. Um, or even half guard. I don't like half guard too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I think all your sweeps, you know, I think you would have been fine. That's, that's my biggest critique basically is I think. Again, I'm always going to think you're better than you think you are. Um, yeah, you know, for sure. And the same for me. You, you know, I think I suck and you think you I... You are way better than you think you are. So yes. that, I understand that. Um, but with you not competing much, I, I get why you'd want to stick with, you know, a bread and butter type thing. 
you know. Sure. I think if you were to start competing a little bit more, this would be the game plan, and I think it would be really successful. Um, I I guess when I mean critique, I'm saying that it's almost like I think if you went out and just trusted your your bottom jujitsu more um, and gave that a shot, I think you would have been surprised with how easily you know it would you could have made it work. But that's the thing, Phil. I tr- I do trust my bottom jiu-jitsu game. I mean, you know, I've been playing... I mean, I, I from early on, I probably three months in, I was like, I, it's, I'm bigger, and I was much bigger then. Yeah. And it's easy for me to play top. I need to not play top. Right. You know, and, and that's what I've worked on. Is that and I think that mentality is sort of what separates you from a lot of people um, your size. I could be wrong. I mean, I just... Maybe. I when I see when you see typical people that seem to like takedowns and playing on top, and then when you see typical people who are guard players, usually guard players are smaller, more yeah. flexible, and people who are built more solid tend to like to be on top. Shredded, you mean? Absolutely jacked, yeah. <laughs> so, so here's my takeaway from it, and I'm going to include you in this, and that is maybe my game plan was too rigid. But maybe your game plan is too loose or non-existent. I don't have a game plan. Yeah, we've covered I that. Know. I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. So maybe you need to have a little more of a game plan. Maybe I need to have a little less of a game plan. I don't know. Because you did, well, I don't know. Because your game plan, you did it and it worked. Like, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe you stuck to it a little too much. Because like you, it was 12 minutes you were standing up. Yeah, you know, fighting for a takedown. Yeah, and then you're right. When he kind of went for a takedown, I mean, there was no guard. You you passed it immediately. Yeah, you know that's that's the same. I would have been if somebody tried to pull guard on you. I would be very, I would expect you to essentially immediately pass. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Hopefully. Yeah. So that you know that you've been working on that for like a year um, uh-huh. with with people. Um, I can't keep you remotely in any form of guard so i mean my guard's not great but you know it's not existent when we when we roll so i would have thought you would have passed it pretty much right away um i think the only scenario that would have slowed you down was being super committed to a takedown with another guy who's big your size who's also going to be 100 percent committed to a takedown yeah you know that was just my again it's it you can't be too critical when it's the format is designed to run this way. There's no time limit. It's both people doing what they're best at until they get the submission. Yeah. You know, if there was a five minute time limit and it was points, maybe it would make more sense for you to, you know, go for the takedown for a minute. If it seems like you're both going to fight super hard, maybe pull guard, look for the sweep that way, you know, but there's no time limit. You can take your time. And the cardio, like you said, you're for a bigger guy, you can go a long time for any amount of time necessary yeah (laughs) so yeah so it's it was basically just my thought where um and i guess i'm super biased because i think um being on bottom is way better that's what i do all the time 
No, I like it. I would have, man, I, I, I would have liked to have done that, Phil. I would have liked to have done it, but it just wasn't in the game plan, and I, I wasn't going to deviate. Yeah. That's like I wanted to yell it out, but I just couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't do it because if I yelled it out and then something stupid happened, I would have felt like a dick. And, you know. Well, I mean, not, I would have called you a dick. Yeah. So, it's, you know, I don't want to do that because, again, you're not looking to compete all the time. Yeah. You know, you're doing your, you're doing it um, at the pace you're going to do it. So it's not a good idea to just throw a curveball out there after you've drilled and trained and game planned and, and mentally prepared to go out and do a certain thing for me to just be like, no, change everything. You know, that's something I would do last mm-hmm. minute. Yeah, it's not something sure. other people do. Right. Successful people do different things. They <laughs> don't change their mind at the last second and just start to do this other stuff they haven't planned on doing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was a good experience. Uh, you know, the two guys, the two guys I, I competed against, top notch, really nice guys. I mean, it was fun. Uh, Tom, the second guy, he, we even uh, had, were a little bit chatty in there. We talked a little bit whenever we were, uh, whenever we were um, in the competition. You know, out there doing our thing. You know, because I I I tried to get him in that baseball bat joke. At one time, and whenever I went down for it, and he, he, I heard him go, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, it's tight. And then he he he, uh, he rolled out up very nicely, and I was like, nice job, that was tight. He was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it was a nice feel. It was a good feel. You know, here's the thing. The, the takeaway for me, um, not even about my jiu-jitsu, is um, it's that, you meet new people, friends, whenever you're there. You know, right after the match, I was like, hey, Chris Luter, you know, uh, Jeff Boone, BJJ Campaign Podcast, we'd love to have you on. It was a world champion brown belt, Masters World Champion brown belt. Love to have you on the show. He's like, yeah, sure, man, I'll do that. So we got Chris Luter, we got Brian Crandall, we got DeAndre Corby, unbelievable. He's going to go, go up against Joao Meow in the next uh, Toro Cup, Toro Cup 14. On June 15th, right? Yeah. June 15th. And then uh, Chrissy and Greg Lindsay, uh, the the owners, uh, co-owners of um, U.S. Grappling. So, you know, you get to meet a lot of friends. You get to spread the word. And, you know, everyone was so nice. Everyone did great. You know, the, the kids, Christopher and Isaac, they did great. Uh, Joey was unbelievable in his matches. I mean, so proud of him. He was, he was, man, he would, he's gotten so much better so fast. It's been crazy. Mm-hmm. So. He's okay. He's all right. Yeah, you're right. Um, also, I guess before we move on from your match stuff, another thing I, I put in a quick Facebook note yesterday as I was thinking about all this stuff, but uh, was it over a year ago you got your blue belt or are we right at a year? Uh, I got May 14th. What is today? Today's the 13th. It's 364 days. So that night you texted me and said, you know, I want to spend the majority of my time working on the fundamentals um, and heel hooks. And (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was cool to see, you know, we worked together the Friday before um, pretty much because they made the comment about the weapons defense stuff. And I just, I was like, oh, I haven't done that in a while. 
Yeah. You know? Oh, we were so trash I, at I, it, too. Yeah, real bad. So, like, here, just take my... I don't have any. You can have the wallet. So <laughs> it's, it's worth, like, 10 bucks. <laughs> that wallet is. So, uh, <coughs> you know, that was kind of what... I was like, well, I'll, you know, I don't even remember the last time I worked with you in a fundamentals class. I know. It's, it's usually the advanced class that we work. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was cool. But then, you know, we work in the half guard pass um, to get to the mount. And I thought it was cool that... Um, you basically got in that position. You, again, take the little details of trying to get the hips flat, walking the feet to the center, using the shoulder pressure, um, and incorporating those immediately the next day in a, in a competition setting. But, you know, really actually focusing on the fundamentals because um, that's something I've been thinking about a little bit as I've been trying to get on top more is all these fundamental positions obviously, as they work. Um, but, you know, for you to actually do it, because um, your both submissions were the wrist lock from the Kimura armbar position and... Oh, a bread cutter. Bread cutter. So, you know, all fundamentals positions. Yep. The half guard position. John even yelled out, like, nice fundamentals class last night or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly and, right. It you, was, you know. I, got, I put my, my finger in his armpit, pulled him to me, walked the legs around... And that pressure was, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't have wanted to be no, there. No, I mean, you can see, you can see in the video. I would not to be there. You see, he's like pushing up, and you can see the like, like readjustment, throw the arms up, like doing nothing, just like, do, you know, you can see the, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday. So many times, <laughs> you know, of that, like just kind of accepting that this is going to suck for a while. Like, they're never yeah. going to tap to the shoulder pressure. No. But like, it, you can see it's wearing on them. But they want to. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Yeah, no, it's... it's. But I thought that was cool because you, you've said, you know, you want to focus on fundamentals. You hit all the fundamental positions um, and, and did them well. But, again, so, good job. Thank you. No, I... Yeah, I mean, you know, that's where it's at. I mean, Hodger Gracie, one of the greatest of all time. That's what he does, fundamentals. And he was, what, seven-time world champ? I don't know how many times. So... Crazy. I mean, the, did he ever lose? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think he ever lost in a competition. Oh. But, um, but you know that that's just something that that you know, like like when I was talking to Billy Dowie, whenever I trained with them, you know, he was like, it's it's in the fundamentals. You know, all that all that fancy stuff. That's cool. But the fundamentals can. It beats that stuff. It you know there's there are things that you can do fundamentally that 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 counter that that type of jujitsu. So. Yeah, I mean, I and I totally get it because like if I go to the daily heba seems interesting to me and sure. I could see how it would be very effective against somebody who's larger. But if somebody comes in for the like fundamental guard pass and they just stuff my knee into my shoulder, I I can't get there. Yeah, you know it doesn't exist. Right. No, you're you're absolutely right. So what else, Billy? That was the majority of what I wanted to talk about with you and your strategy. Um, I thought it was—I thought it was really cool to see. I was excited. Um, Thanks. So you'll probably compete um, next weekend, also. Oh uh, well, not. You're just fully addicted now. No, no, I don't need. Also, another point um, I liked a lot was that you did—you know—you show up the next day to go back to training. I like that. Yeah, of course, but you know, you know, 
Sunday rolls. That's our deal, man. Yeah, I know. That's our deal. We got, we got people. We got Delvin. We got Jeremiah. We got people that depend on us to open up on Sundays. Mm-hmm. It's just cool to see because some people would, you know, win their Greensboro competition and take a couple weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. I did sleep in a bit Sunday morning because I, as you know, I uh, celebrated. Celebration. I celebrated Saturday night. You did. Fun time, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, hot tub. We got, you know, there was a lot going on that night. It was, yeah, it was, it was fun. It's a good uh, day. Yeah, it was. It was a good day. So uh, we cut this this one a little short. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I, I just wanted. I wanted to cover the stuff I thought was really good that you did. The stuff I I think you could have done differently, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, like if it's the purpose is to win, you know. Um, yeah, you're right. And and. Going all the way back to what you were telling me that night, you were like, oh, I was too attached to the outcome. And I don't necessarily think that that's true because if you're not, if you're like, that was the whole reason I didn't compete because I literally just didn't really feel like it. You know, mm-hmm. I was indifferent about it. No, like I could have shown up, I could have yeah. done it. And if I didn't do it, I didn't care. All the other ones I wanted to do. Like, yeah. To. Why do you think that is? Why? What? I don't really know. I, I've thought. A lot of it was early, like the first couple competitions were like pure, like I'm competitive anyway, like competing is a fun, you know, driving force for me, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it was driven by like insecurity and jujitsu. Like I didn't think I could, you know, I basically wanted to prove to myself that I'm learning something and, you know, getting better and looking for a measuring stick uh, of some sort because it's really hard to do that when you're training because... And probably not appropriate. Yeah. So I was looking for that outside measuring stick and, you know, I have a rough idea of where I'm at in relation to most people. Um, Sure. And, you know, then I wanted to get the, like, I really wanted to win um, a competition and then I wanted to, like, not freak out in a competition. And you did all those things. Yeah. So, um, wanted to not blow out your grips in the first 30 seconds. Yes. Or my ankle. Uh, <laughs> also, like, another thing was that fear, right? Of getting submitted in, like, 20 seconds, 30 seconds or whatever. And Elijah did that. He grabbed my ankle because I pulled guard awfully. And he just, you know, ripped it off. I was like, oh, I know the defense to this. I tried my defense. And he, like, ruined it, you know? And I was like, all right, well, you have to let go now. So it was terrible. But the master like, can defense? Yeah. So <laughs> The double tap. So, like, I did what I really wanted to do. I had my worst fear happen all within, you know, six months of competing. And winning wasn't as great as I imagined. And losing wasn't that bad. (laughs) So, it was like the worst fear. All at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, uh, it was, you know, but it's, I'm going to do it again. Sure. I just, um, I don't think I'll. I don't really have aspirations to be the world champion. You know, that's yeah. not really... Especially a blue belt, who cares? My thing. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, maybe when I when I think I've... I said last week or whatever that I feel like I'm 4% through blue belt or whatever. But I think that's because I'm trying now to be able to get on top mm-hmm. when I want to get on top. At least with new people, you know. Be able to get on top when I want to get on so top. So you understand that that really... 
upset Schluter because your math is off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, but he doesn't because understand. It's one not stripe like a, is one-fourth of a stripe. That's 25% through, not 4%. Yeah. I understand, like, where he thinks that one stripe means 25%. Yeah. But, like, that's not how this works. It's, okay. It's, well, it, it seems like it is. It's kind of been the system that we've been going through. Yeah, but the time frame is different. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Also, I'm allowed to assume I'm wherever I'm at. I just okay. said I have a pretty good idea. I could be totally wrong. Sure. That's a yeah. I mean, it's not your strategy. choice of where you're at. John's the one who decides where yeah, you're at. I'm terrible at jujitsu. <laughs> I'm confident about that. So, but yeah, I'd like to be able to get to the top, like with new people. Sure. Where I want to get on top, and I, I'm still trying to learn, like, and explore open guard stuff. And I guess in my head, when I feel confident that I at least have the idea, right? Like with the closed guard, I have the idea of what to do, you know? And I feel like if I can get to that base competent level with um, being, on, being top. on top and with an open guard and I've expanded, you know, my skills a little bit that I'd probably like to test those in competition. But um, I don't necessarily... I know what's going to happen if I go compete right now. If I pull guard and get him in the closed guard, I have a chance. If I don't, I lose. Mm. I'm super confident that that's exactly what would happen. I don't mm-hmm. need to. You know. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but you, I I think that your percentages go way up if you get them to close guard. Yeah, yeah. that's and yeah. I I basically I feel right now that I want to be able to expand on that before I compete again, and then try sure. to do something else. And like with those. Brad's leg lock seminar that we go to next weekend. You and the leg locks. Love the leg locks. Are you kidding me? Love that. If I was on bottom, that's what was going to happen. I was was going to get into that Ashi position. Joey got one, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's just ankle locks, right? At Blue Belt? Straight straight ankle. Straight foot lock. Straight ankle lock, yeah. Okay. Yep. In the gi. Yeah, I'll have to see how he... I don't really know what he was doing. Because he was like face down. I don't really know how he did that ankle lock. Yeah. Very effectively. We got tapped twice to it. Yeah. Wins verbal. Yeah. Second reel yeah. and uh, he should have just took the first one because it popped. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. It was fun. I, I had a great experience. And, uh, you know, I again, I, I, I see value in competition. Um, I won't be doing any IBJJF stuff. I won't be doing any just strictly points competition. Yeah, I'm really I don't, not interested in that I don't, It doesn't interest me. Mm-hmm. It do, it doesn't interest me to to play to those positions to you know play for the finish. That's it. That's you know that's all. So um, and for people who are listening who have never competed and think you're not interested in it, um, like I strongly recommend trying it once. Yeah, you know, maybe like Jeff wants to do once at every belt, but I I would say at least try it once because. It really puts a new perspective on training. Like, especially if you're comfortable. Like, I was not really comfortable rolling the first time I did it as a white belt. But, like, the second and third time, I kind of was. And I, it was still so different when you get out there. The mindset change. And, like, you know, AJ Klingerman said it. That really made a lot of sense to me. You know, if, like, if you train for self-defense purposes, like, nobody's coming at you like that in the gym mm-hmm. like but in a competition people are, and they're still friendly 
but they're coming for the win. You yeah. Know? Like that's the purpose of this. Um, so if you want to, maybe not even to see like if you would win, but maybe just to see how you would handle that stress because it's way different. It um, is. Yeah. So I definitely think people should, you know, if you're serious about training, at least try competing one time. Yeah, I think there's... Winning and losing doesn't matter, but I think it's more for a personal development standpoint. Yeah, I totally agree. I completely agree. Um, But Phil, tell the listeners how they can support us. Um, Patches should be here. I'm really excited for the patches. Yeah, of course. Patches should be here soon. We have cool t-shirts available uh, on the website, bjjcampaignpodcast.com. Facebook um, slash bjjcampaignpodcast. Twitter, uh, Instagram. Um... How else? Am I missing one? Uh, they can support us by leaving maybe a review. Reviews or, on iTunes would be You good. know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do jujitsu. YouTube. YouTube slash BJ oh, Campaign YouTube, Podcast also. Yeah, that's right. That and um, also, uh, like I say, just recommend us to your friends. Get the, grow the podcast. That's what we, we want to reach more people if we can. And uh, I think that's it. I think that I think we covered it, Phil. Yeah. So again, good job on the competition, Thank and you. we'll see you again in five years for your next one. Yeah, exactly. No, I enjoyed having you, you and Molly, and you know, and everybody there. And John was there. You know, my first competition, he wasn't able to make it, and um, so it was nice to have him there in my corner. So. And again, I keep saying this one last thing. You, uh, I had in my notes there as I, I was skimming before I gave you the thing back. The, you did um, keep in mind from, you know, Ryan saying the submission is a gift. Uh-huh. And you kept that in mind. Oh, that's, that's a- part of kind of staying composed, right? Where yeah. you're not just like immediately chasing something, but yeah. going with the shoulder pressure, going with the slow passes. You're right. Because I was, I mean, it was going in my head. I was like, you know, I was just sitting there with that shoulder pressure and I was going to submission is a gift. Submission is a gift, and sure enough, it was both times. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah, that's the cool stuff that you learn, right? I mean, that's that's why it's so fun. It's why it, it's so fun learning. It's so fun applying it, you know. So with that, folks, uh, you know, if you're not doing something out there to get better each and every day, get out there and do it. Phil and I choose jujitsu. We hope you do too. To the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is our. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's time on the map. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll.